Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Inside the junk hole. Oh my goodness. Well, sometimes that is better. It just tastes so damn good. Stargirl. Wolfman's got nards. Here, mommy. Here's Johnny. Thou art the one. Slap! Star Child. What the hell did we just watch? Welcome once again to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my friends Will. Fired up. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? And we are kind of celebrating another milestone episode tonight. Uh, this is episode 50 of the Spook Show. Um, like we always say, it's a miracle we got past five. So here we are at episode 50. We're all getting a little gray-headed, but... Uh, we're still kicking. This is uh, really kind of like, it's not our first episode of 2021. You know, we had the 2020 year in review, but this is really kind of our first, you know, normal episode of 2021. So we figured we'd start it off by watching a movie that actually came out in 2020 since uh, we didn't get to any last year at all. And we're going to be watching VFW, which was more of a like a VOD streaming release than it was like a, a, a wide release, you know, theatrical release type movie. Although I think, you know, from what I could tell, it did get a limited run in theaters, maybe like a week or something in some uh, uh, big markets or something, but because it didn't make much in the box office. And we'll get into all of that here shortly, which is, I guess technically this movie was actually a 2019 movie, technically, but it didn't come out until like Valentine's Day of 2020. So uh, we'll call it we'll call it a 2020 movie. But I guess before we get into that, I'll go ahead and throw out the usual information. You can uh, email us with any comments or questions or anything like that. Send them to allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, at AA Spook Show. Instagram, Facebook, TeePublic, YouTube. You should be able to find us on uh, all those by searching for All American Spook Show. We also have a Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash AA Spook Show. So, you know, if you want to uh, get some bonus content, you know, uh, for the monthly subscription there, uh, w- that's a thing that's available to you. Um, and ho- hopefully we'll be able to get that really cranked up hardcore here in 2021. So I guess, you know, before we get into the movie itself, I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for VFW. Oh, Lord. Oh, there you go. You've been at this, haven't you? I have. Uh-huh. To us. Still here. Still here. You know where you are, kid? In the, uh, VFW post. How about we close the bar down early tonight? What do you got going on? The best birthday that Freddie ever got. Q&A time, kid. You see, the problem is that me and my old friends are probably going to die tonight unless you help us out to understand what's happening here. You steal this? Foz killed my sister, all right? This, though, it's all he's got his whole life. V-F-W. What is that? Veterans of foreign wars. Good. 
Soldiers are good at dying. There's only one satisfactory solution, and that is we get our product back, and each of you die. You were a soldier. So we all. Let's act like it. We set a perimeter. We make our stand. You'll all die very, very slowly. You last. But whatever you gonna do, do it. Or you make a mistake. I'm gonna cut your heart out. You and me both know this ain't the only option. We can push Miss Teen USA right back out to the way she came in. It's for you that we're doing all of this. I, I never asked for your goddamn help, Gramps. The second you walked through that door, we were duty-bound to help you. Let's go. And there you have it. That's the trailer for VFW. Have either of you guys before this episode, you know, before we're about to talk about it, have you guys watched this one yet? That was the first time. Yeah. First time for, but yeah, I actually, I think I mentioned this in the last episode too, when we were teasing it, that I, um, I actually had watched this just like, uh, back in December at some point, I finally sat down and watched it. So this is actually my second viewing. Um, well, I guess I'll throw to you first. What were your initial reactions of it upon this viewing of it? Uh, it's definitely a fun movie. You know, like if you haven't seen it, definitely sit down and watch it. Smoke, what'd you think? Oh, yeah, I'd heard some good things about it beforehand. And we bought the Blu-ray a while back when I guess when it first came out on Blu-ray, but just never got around to watching it for whatever reason. It got put on the back burner. So I was, I had some, some decent expectations going into it and they were, they were met for sure. Uh, definitely an enjoyable popcorn movie with some good splatter effects and good acting too from, from the veteran, you know, veteran, veterans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a hell of a cast, you know, as far as like just getting some mm. uh, acting experience, a lot of mileage in this cast for sure. And we'll dive into that in just a second. But uh, I mean, that and that's your initial appeal of this movie, too, is that, you know, once you at least for me, when I first heard of this, you know, some point early last year, it was like, oh, damn, that's that's awesome. You know, it, I mean, the cast sounds awesome, you know, just on just on mm. that alone, not not knowing much else about it. Uh, and then I eventually saw the trailers. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all in, you know. But I, I'm kind of like you, Smoke. It was one of those deals. Where I didn't buy it on Blu-ray, but, like, uh, I've had it on my list to watch for a, for a while. And just for whatever reason, never got around to it until, the uh, like I said, back in December, I finally sat down and watched it. Well, my, the director's name definitely drew me in, too, because I hadn't seen Bliss, which he made, I guess, I don't know, the production. Like, if you look on IMDb, it lists Bliss is newer than the, VF, than the movie VFW we just watched. But uh, I actually saw Bliss a while back. That was on our 2020 list that we talked about on the last episode. And it was up there, I forget, exactly number three, maybe, or number four, for movies 2020. That was another reason why this was a movie. It was on the radar, for sure, because I really loved that movie. And uh, John, what's his name? Bego, Begos? I know his last name is B-E-G-O-S. Yeah, yeah, Joe Begos. Joe Begos. Yeah, yeah I had actually uh, not, I haven't seen Bliss, or uh, he made another movie called The Mind's Eye, but I'd actually watched one of his first movies called Almost Human. I'd watched that a few years yeah. back whenever that came out. And yeah, that me was, too. That was, you could tell, a low-budget type of deal, but I remember it being pretty good. Yeah, me too. Although it's been yeah, a while since I saw it, but yeah, it was pretty good. So I guess with that, we'll go ahead and get into the background of uh, of this one. This movie was released February fourteenth of twenty twenty, which actually it actually came out like on the you know like the horror fest or movie fest circuit before that, like sometime like late twenty nineteen. 
um, but it wasn't actually released to the masses, so to speak, until Valentine's Day 2020. Best I could tell, it got like a limited release at the time. Like I said, I'm sure it was probably in, just in a couple markets. I couldn't nail down exactly, you know, uh, where and uh, how long, although I would imagine it couldn't have been any more than a week or two at most, anywhere it played. But I did notice when I was looking at the worldwide box office, you know, the gross, it, it managed to make a little over $23,000 at $23,101. And it actually got a release in the United Arab Emirates on uh, February 27th of 2020. So I'm guessing this was a thing for, you know, just a couple weeks, you know, here in the U.S. And I believe it came out uh, on VOD and digital and everything kind of all at the same time on February 14th. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that probably most of the box office money, quote unquote, that it made was actually in the UAE, which is kind of random, you know, for uh, this type of movie. But <laughs> there you go, because I, I couldn't see any kind of U.S. Uh, domestic gross that it made. Any of that number is mostly from there. Um, but it was actually put out by Fangoria. And uh, here's there's a long list of other production companies and whatnot that go with this. And I'll go ahead and read them off real quick. So it was released by Fangoria, Channel 83 Films. Media Finance Capital, which is generic as hell, right? Like, that's another thing, too. Like, when we do these movies, you, there's always some random, generic-named company behind these damn things um, that make you question, like, where's this money coming from? <laughs> um, <laughs> Good Wizard, Voltage Pictures, and Zero Transfat Productions, which I'm assuming one of those last couple ones must be, like, uh, the production company of Joe Bigos or his, you know, his crew of guys or something. But, yeah, this was actually one of... Um, what I could find uh, of um, Fangoria, right? Fangoria released films. Um, mm -hmm. So I looked up a couple things on like a little bit of the history of, of that. I, I guess like the, there was a thing called Fangoria Films that started back in like the late 80s. I think actually it started in 1990. Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I could tell, they only released three movies back then. I'll name them off. Uh, Mind Warp, Children of the Night, and Severed Ties. Uh, and then apparently, like, I think as a production company, that was it. Like, they had those three movies and then it folded up. And then they actually, about four years later after that, they started uh, releasing movies called, like, Fangoria Presents. So it, they were more of a distributor at that point. They didn't pr produce the movies anymore. They just distributed them. There was, there was a number of movies between, like, 1996 and 2005 that would have been, I guess, these Fangoria Presents, including, like, Wilderness, Eye Zombie, A Chronicle of Pain, Eternal Blood, a few others. Then uh, they released some from 03 to 06, 2003 to 06, uh, called Fangoria's Gore Zone. And these would include The Last Horror Movie, Dead Meat, Skin Deep. Then after that, they released some under the label Fangoria Fright Fest from 2005 to 2010. And these would include Fragile, Pig Hunt, uh, Hunger, Roadkill, a handful of others. Then they kind of uh, did the relaunch in 2012 of Fangoria Presents. So, you know, remember from 96 to 05, it was Fangoria Presents. They relaunched that in 2012, and they managed to release about seven movies in two years, uh, including Entity and Germ Z and a, and a handful of others. Um, but then it wasn't until, then that's basically, like I said, in 2012 to 2013, then they, they just kind of went silent, didn't mess with films anymore. And I think, what was it about 2015 or so, Smoke, that, uh, Fangoria, the magazine, didn't they stop publishing relaunch. it? Relaunch? Yeah, well, no, I think they stopped publishing well, it. Well, not the relaunch, but I mean, stopped yeah, publishing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the original run of Fangoria, I think it stopped about 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it didn't come back until, I think, 2018 it was. 
basically around the same time that we started the spook show, give or take. It was about the same time. Yeah. But they relaunched Fangoria Films in 2018. And best I can tell, so far they've released four movies. Now, I don't think they're actually uh, producing these, like, you know, the original Fangoria films. I'm not quite sure exactly how that works. I guess they're just, you know, one of the financiers and distributors or whatever at this point. But four movies since 2018. Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, which God knows how many of those, how many Puppet Master movies are there now? Like seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten? I don't know. There's a bunch. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've lost count of those yeah. for now. I mean, I, <laughs> they're enjoyable, but I've lost count of them. <laughs> um, Satanic Panic, Porno. And VFW, and if I'm not mistaken, all those movies are available to watch on Shutter currently as we record this in January of 2021. You can watch them all on uh, Shutter, including this one that we're talking about today, VFW. So um, I'm sure we'll get to some more of these movies on this, you know, these ones that I've listed off here, these Fangoria-related movies. But um, I think definitely at some point this year we got to get around to porno because <laughs> that that just sounds <laughs> awesome, obviously. And uh, the little bit I've seen of it sounds uh, sounds hilarious. So Satanic Panic, that's that's another one I want to check out, and I've heard a few things about. But I, I've noticed uh, before when they were when the Blu-ray came out of that one, the Blu-ray copy or the DVD, I guess DVD and Blu-ray copy that like came out at Walmart, um, they took the word Satanic out of it. So <laughs> it looks it looks oh, really? yeah it looks <laughs> all the same, and it just uh, like it looks like the same cover and everything, but it just says Panic instead of Satanic Panic. Well, so. yeah. They Walmart has a history of that, as far as uh, as I remember the Christmas a Christmas horror story they called it a holiday horror story. <laughs> I forget there was at least three or four other ones, and I'm blanking on the other ones right now. But <laughs> so yeah, I figured that was kind of interesting to kind of run down, you know, the the Fangoria aspect of it. Um, I haven't heard a lot of a lot of those uh, other production companies that were involved, but uh, obviously a lot of fingers in the pie, so to speak. Um, this movie, best I could tell, was not rated. Although I'm sure if it is rated, this is definitely a hard R. The total run, oh, yeah. <laughs> the total runtime of this movie is one hour and thirty two minutes. On IMDb, it's listed as an action slash crime slash horror. So that's that's probably about the right order, right? If you're going first to last, there. Oh yeah. This this definitely isn't uh, the usual fare for us as far as horror is concerned, but it definitely uh, falls into the same kind of cult movie type category. I think you know that uh, that we've done you know in past episodes. So it definitely falls in our wheelhouse for sure. I I could never find a budget for this movie, although I'm sure it's not a crazy budget. I'm I'm sure they probably had to have spent just as much on uh, gore effects and the cast than they did anything else, right? Oh yeah. But it was filmed in uh, the Dallas, Texas area, and the interiors of the uh, VFW post. Uh, is actual a real VFW post, and, and it's the one that they list in the movie, uh, VFW Post twenty four ninety four. Uh, that's the actual name of the of this uh, particular uh, VFW hall or whatever, uh, and it's in Grand Prairie, Texas. Uh, now, at the very end of the movie, you'll see like I think it's at the very end of the credits, if I'm not mistaken. You'll see a message that says, "To all of the brave men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces, and to those that call VFW Post twenty four ninety four in Irving, Texas, home." Thank you for your service and for your sacrifice. So, um, and I also saw something that apparently like uh, some of the real guys that I guess uh, are members or hang out at this VFW post were some of the guys that you saw kind of uh, like uh, in the background. Like, you remember like toward the beginning of the movie when the the uh, VFW hall is still full of uh, guys in there drinking and stuff? A lot of the extras mm-hmm. and stuff in the background, those are like the actual dudes that hang out in that VFW post. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so the movie was directed by Joe Bigos, which we've already discussed a little bit there. Uh, he directed Almost Human, The Mind's Eye, and Bliss. The movie was written by Max Brailier and Matthew McArdle. 
Now, Max Brellier uh, would best be known from, like, apparently there was this uh, animated series called The Last Kids on Earth. And Matthew McArdle would be best known as, I, I guess, if you'd know anything about him at all. Um, mostly his, his claim to fame would be like he was a production assistant on a handful of movies, including including uh, Transformers and the movie Night and Day. So the, the stars of this movie, like th- this is the one of the more interesting aspects of this movie. The cast is, uh, is, uh, is a great cast. Um, with some well-known, uh, char- but it's like a collection of uh, like well-known character actors, you know, familiar faces from other movies and TV shows and stuff. Um, Stephen Lang as Fred Paris. I, the probably the main thing you would remember Stephen Lang from would be like he's like the head asshole in uh, in the first Avatar movie. He was in the movie Don't Breathe. He was in Tombstone back in 1993. He was in Manhunter back in 1986. I mean, he's had a long, long career. And apparently he's going to be in all these, uh, there's supposed to be like four Avatar sequels coming out, like in, uh, whenever we see them in the next 30 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently he's going to be on, he's going to be a part of all those, but yeah, he, he's had a long, long successful career that, uh, best I can tell, at least on IMDb, but dates all the way back to, he was in a TV movie called We're Fighting Back in 1981. William Sadler as Walter Reed. Now, I, one thing I saw pointed out about, like, the name Walter Reed is, like, they never actually come... They just call him Walter in the movie. They never actually come out and say the name Walter Reed, although Reed is, like, written on his jacket. So, you know, obviously you put it together, right? And I think it's in the credits, too. But uh, I think it's an obvious nod to the uh, the Walter Reed... What is it? The hospital in D.C. or whatever? Yeah, the military. Yeah, the military hospital. Yeah, yeah. He would be best known as playing the Grim Reaper in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> He would, that would probably be the main thing you'd remember him from. But another character actor who's been in a ton of things, like Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, uh, Die Hard 2. Uh, on IMDb, he has 177 acting credits that date all the way back to 1977. He was in uh, an episode of the CBS Festival of Lively Arts for Young People. <laughs> uh, the episode was called Henry Winkler Meets William Shakespeare. <laughs> um <laughs> So that so that'll be next up on uh, Patreon. We're gonna find a copy of Henry Winkler meets William Shakespeare, and we're gonna be talking about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he once again a long, long career of uh, tons of TV shows and movies. Uh, definitely a recognizable face. Um, another, this was another awesome one, just but you know because of a, a nod to the past kind of thing. Fred Williamson as Abe Hawkins. Mm. He would best be known for From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, the original MASH movie, Starsky and Hutch, and he was in a ton of like black exploitation films back in the uh, oh yeah back in the seventies, right? Like I guess in the sixties and the seventies, uh, mostly in the seventies. Yeah, he's got on IMDb one hundred and twenty nine credits that date all the way back to nineteen sixty eight. He was in a episode of the series Ironside. He he even actually was in an episode of the original Star Trek. That's how far back he goes. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of the movies that he was in back in the 70s, I, I can't even say out loud. You just need to go on <laughs> <laughs> You just need to go on IMDb and you'll see what I'm talking about. Some some classic. No, no, you go ahead. I'm just I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, they, those 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 were legitimate names on mar- movie marquees back in the day. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, oh yeah, yeah. Um, because I know of these <laughs> movies. Bleep. I've seen a couple of these movies, but I'm not going to speak them out loud. Yeah. Just go on there and find them yourself. <laughs> but a couple movies like Hammer, Black Caesar, uh, That Man Bolt, Hell Up in Harlem. Yeah, Hell yeah. Up in Harlem is an awesome <laughs> one. By the way, uh, Crazy <laughs> Joe, Tough Guys, Black Eye, Three the Hard Way. Three I mean, the Hard Way is another fantastic one and great soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> 
tons of stuff throughout the 70s. Like, uh, definitely a, a, a recognizable face, for sure, in, in a lot of these movies. Um, and, and a lot of them, this type of movie, right? Like, a very familiar feel to <laughs> for him in this mm-hmm. kind of movie. Martin Cove as Lou Clayton. Once again, another uh, great uh, character actor who would best be known for the head asshole crease in uh, the Karate Kid movies. He's the he's the dude that told the dude to sweep the leg or whatever, right? One of him that said that in Karate Kid. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> awesome. I met him at a convention a while back. It was actually the, before Cobra Kai came out, it was kind of like a reunion type thing because it was uh, Martin Cove and uh, William Zopka who played Johnny, you know, Cobra mm, Kai. Yeah. And then uh, also Ralph Macchio was at that convention too. That's pretty cool. But yeah, Martin Cove was awesome. He's uh, best known for the Karate Kid Part 1 and Part 3, because I actually don't think he was in Part 2, come to think of it. Maybe he was, but I'm, I'm blanking, but I don't think he I was. Think, I think at the very beginning he was, yeah, whatever, maybe before was... they go to Japan, to Okinawa. Yeah. He was in Rambo First Blood Part 2, uh, The Last House on the Left, you know, the original one from 1972. I, I assume that's the original one, right? <laughs> there, it seems yeah. like there's been like eight of those things, so uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, on IMDb, he has 227 credits that date all the way back to 1971. Um, he had an uncredited role in Little Murders. The same year he was in a movie called Women in Revolt. So then Savages and then The Last House on the Left. So uh, really that was probably where it began for him. You know, by, by that time, he's kind of uh, becoming a character actor who was in a ton of TV shows, uh, movies, all through the 70s and 80s. But um, by the time he got in the 80s, he was definitely uh, a known face and, and it had been in everything, man. Like random episodes of Starsky and Hutch, uh, Quincy M.E., Charlie's Angels, you know, all the favorite uh, shows of the time, Chips. And then it, prob- it probably wasn't until karate- the first Karate Kid in 1984 that his career really took off in terms of, you know, now he's definitely a known face and, and started to play in bigger roles and stuff like that. But uh, tons of television shows and movies. It stars David Patrick Kelly as Doug McCarthy. He- he's kind of the older guy in the movie that uh, ends up getting, like, uh, axed in the shoulder and, like, slowly bleeds out on the bar throughout the movie. Yeah. He would be best known for uh, Twin Peaks, The Crow, the, you know, the first Crow movie. He was T-Bird. Uh, Flags of Our Father. And that, Fa- was, uh, that was Willie's reference at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> Flags of Our Father. And also gets repeated in the movie, as we'll get to later, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last Man Standing, which was an awesome Bruce Willis movie. I think that one's kind of under the radar Bruce Willis movie from 96. Like, uh... It's been a while since I watched it, but that that movie's really good. On IMDb, has 71 credits, the acting credits. They go all the way back to 1979, and of course, that is... Uh, he started off on a high note. He was Luther in The Warriors. And uh, yes. that, that, that was a recognizable role in that movie, too. Like, and Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is, he didn't really do anything for a few years after that. Like, he's in The Warriors, and he was in a, a TV movie, and then a random episode of the show American Playhouse. But he wasn't in anything again until the movie Hammett in 1982. Uh, but then he became like a more of a a guy you see pop up in a lot of uh, favorite like mid to late eighties movies. Like after that, he was in Forty Eight Hours, Dreamscape, an episode of Tales from the Dark Side, uh, Commando, an episode of Moonlighting. The list goes on and on. So yeah, like uh, and like I said, the uh, uh, the original Twin Peaks series and everything. He was a big part of that. Yeah, once again, another guy with a, a long resume of uh, and you'd be very very familiar with him. Of course, George Went. As Thomas Zabriskie, I think they just call him Z in the movie. He's mostly known as Norm from Cheers, right? Like, I mean, like, he's been in a ton of other stuff, but you see George Went, that's like the first thing you think of. That or maybe like uh, one of uh, the, the uh, Bears super fans, 
you know, that bear's one of those dudes. <laughs> That's him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he has 153 acting credits on IMDb, including Fletch, Forever Young, uh, one of Willie's favorite movies, the Spice Girls movie, Spice World. Mm. And those and his credits. I didn't are, know that about. Yeah. Well, once again, we're going to get around to that on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash AA Spook Show. For... <laughs> Ginger was my favorite one. Yeah. What? <laughs> but his acting credits go all the way back to an uncredited role in a movie called A Wedding from 1978. Once again, one of those dudes that probably bounced around in random episodes of TV shows like Taxi and Alice and Heart to Heart, stuff like that. Uh, MASH. I, I, and I actually kind of remember that episode of MASH he was in. Uh, he had an ed- uncredited role. This is awesome. An uncredited role as a ticket agent in Airplane 2, the sequel. <laughs> but really, let's face it, it. Cheers is his claim to fame and uh, will forever be until uh, his his uh, passing and even past that. That'll be the one thing you remember him from, for sure. Yeah. Now, as far as the horror fans, of course, to know him from House. Remember? Mm-hmm. He was in House. Yeah, I forgot about with, that. With uh, yeah. the greatest American hero. And so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, another movie that we definitely have to get to here on the show uh, oh, sooner yeah. or later. Hopefully, maybe within the next year we'll get to it. I'm gonna say there's one other horror movie he was in. Well, was probably, he might have been in more than. But there's one other memorable one. What memorable one was uh, Stuart Gordon? A later film from Stuart Gordon, I think, King of the Ants. Mm-hmm. Name of it. He was in that. Too. He's got a little bit of a track record with horror now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of just what the dude. Uh, other than his uh, constant role in Cheers all those years, I think yeah. that's kind of what the dude is now, right? He's like he's just kind of the. The dude that plays in like every other random show, an episode of every yeah. other show, and uh, a bunch of different uh, movies and stuff. I mean, tons of stuff. You can go through yeah. on IMDb and just uh, you'll be like, oh yeah, that, 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 that. You know, all recognizable stuff. So, um, it also stars Sierra McCormick as Lizard. Um, in the movie, she's the one that uh, steals the bag of drugs that basically gets the whole thing started. Right on IMDb, she is listed as known for The Vast of Night, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Land of the Lost. Ramona and Beezus, another one of Willie's favorites. She has 33 acting credits on IMDb um, that go all the way back to, I'm sure she was much younger, in 2007. See, she's only, uh, well, she was born in 97, so quick math. uh, How old would that make her? About 23, 24 years old, something like that. And she's actually, uh, you know, like like we've told y'all before, uh, we actually, all three of us live in South Carolina. She was actually born in Asheville, North Carolina, so she's somewhat of a, a local actress for us. Tom Williamson as Sean Mason. Now, he's the younger soldier that, you know, gets caught up in this thing, like his first day back from the war or whatever, you know, or, or he's been deployed overseas. And uh, he just happens to walk into this VFW to get a beer, and then he kind of gets caught up in it. He is best known for All Cheerleaders Die, <laughs> a show called The Fosters, which I think was like a freeform show, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Five Piece, uh, Bus Driver. He has, thir- uh, no, I'm sorry, 29 acting credits on IMDb that go all the way back to 2013. He was in a uh, episode of the series Criminal Minds. Let's see who else we got. Probably the two, the, the only other real two main ones you need to mention are Travis Hammer as Boz. He's the leader of the junkie crew. Basically the guy that like six everybody on the VFW hall to get the drugs back. Um, he's known for Godless, uh, Ray Donovan, that uh, Showtime series, the TNT series, The Last Ship. Uh, and, of course, VFW. He has six, 68 acting credits that date back to 2001, so he, I'm sure he would have been much younger at that point. And the last one we'll mention here is uh, Dora Madison as Gutter. She's kind of of uh, Boz's uh, right-hand woman, so to speak. Like, she's the one that does all the, the dirty work for him, you know, like kind of a half-crazy, uh, machete-wielding uh, nightmare <laughs> for uh, for everybody. <laughs> 
Uh, she's known for the movie Bliss, uh, which we've already mentioned. I've, there's an obvious connection there with the director. Friday Night Lights, the the series that was on NBC a few years back. Uh, Dexter, and what would Diplo do? Whatever the hell that is. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, she has 42 acting credits on IMDb that go back to 2005, which once again I'm sure she was uh, uh, much younger at that point. Um, tons of like uh, uh, short films and. Uh, episodes of TV series, you know, over the last 10 years or so. I swear, she looks familiar. I can't peg it down. She looks familiar from something, God knows what, you know, that, that she's been in that I've seen. Um, but she definitely did look familiar to me. As far as uh, the background information, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, did you guys have anything else that you uh, found out that I didn't point out here? Uh, the only thing that really I... jumped out to me was uh, apparently uh, Fred Williamson uh, apparently... Uh groped a costume designer while getting fitted and instead of firing him they decided to deploy the buddy system anytime he was right <laughs> don't go into fred williams trailer by yourself <laughs> yeah god knows they don't call him the hammer for nothing though. yeah <laughs> or any of those other unspoken titles that we can't uh, speak here and <laughs> just go look it up for yourself kids It's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste of good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns. Plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the refreshment center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, like we said before, you sign up for the, the free trial. They give you a credit. You can take that credit and go get any audiobook that you uh, want. Um, and then if you decide like you don't want to keep it or you know you don't want to keep the service, you can cancel and they get they let you keep that one audiobook that you downloaded. So uh, helps us out, helps, you know, gives you a free audio book. It's a win-win for everybody. Just out of curiosity, I looked up New Year's Horror just to see what would pop up. And I f- actually found a few things. Uh, New Year Island by Paul Draker, which is a little over 23 hours long. And that's uh, apparently that's like a Audible exclusive audio book on that one. New Year's Evil by Sidney Williams and Michael August. That one's uh, almost six hours long. And uh, here's another one. Uh, New Year's Day by C. Dennis Moore. And uh, that one is, uh, well, I guess it's like a little short story because that one's only about 38 minutes long, which is nothing in the uh, audiobook realm. Um, either of you guys been listening to anything on Audible worth mentioning here lately? Well, I've been going through and uh, listening to the new Star Wars book, you know, that kind of takes place uh, a couple hundred years before everything happened uh, in the, I guess, uh, Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called uh, Star Wars High Republic Light of the Jedi. I mean, you know, if, if you've listened to any uh, Star Wars books, it's got a lot of the sounds from Star Wars as they read uh, the story. So it's it's a little different, but I like it. So is it so far, I mean, that, I know you said you're still listening to it. So far, is that pretty good? Yeah, yeah. Like this one, this whole thing kind of starts off with some kind of cataclysmic thing happening and, and everybody trying to figure out what's going on. All that new uh, High Republic stuff uh, sounds pretty interesting. So uh, that's available on Audible if you want to go uh, check that out. Um, I, I know there's supposed to be more novels and comics and stuff coming out, so I'm sure a lot of that will be available on Audible as well eventually. So so if any of that sounds like it floats your boat, uh, you can uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, 
That's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. Uh, so I guess, you know, without all, with uh, everything else out of the way, I guess we can go ahead and get into the movie itself. So the, the movie actually starts like with a, you know, the, like a kind of a, a little bit of a setup uh, with words on the screen that says, as America's, op- as America's opioid crisis worsens, <laughs> addicts turn to a new drug, hylophedrine, street name Hype. Cities become war zones. Neighborhoods crumble. Law enforcement retreats. With dealers struggling to meet demand, hypers resort to any means necessary to get their fix. Then you see on the bottom of the screen, it says the outskirts of the city, Friday, 12.20 p.m. And right after, and basically at the same time, like the kind of the credits are going on at the same time, and you're introduced to uh, kind of like the uh, the leader of the of the uh, junkies, so to speak. Like he's, the, I guess he's like the head dealer or something, right? His name's Boz. And uh, his his right hand woman gutter. Some dudes bust in. As it turns out, it's uh, Boz's brother Rody bust in, and like uh, uh, the other guy that comes in with him, like, <laughs> gutter for no reason just goes over. Like the dude's like on the floor. She just goes over and like machetes the dude right in the fucking skull. <laughs> I mean, like it didn't seem like he'd done anything, but here we go, right? <laughs> Uh, that's that's the other thing too like it's right out the gates with this like you know once you get through that little introduction like that brief introduction there's like bam you know what you're in for right here right uh and then roadie tells boz that like apparently like uh yeah we can just get all this hype together and uh sell this shit for like five hundred thousand dollars and get out of here like we're done so he agree you know boz agrees to this and uh as he's standing like out on this balcony, uh, a girl walks up. who's clearly a junkie. Her, her name's Lucy. He throws like some hype down on the ground and like tells her like if she wants it to go get it. So she jumps off the balcony and just splat. Like <laughs> she doesn't just like fall and bust her head and get hurt. Like it's like an explosion. Like <laughs> she, she like jumped into a swimming pool of blood. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just blah. And then that's when you see the title Face first. V- VFW. <laughs> yeah. Face first, stiff as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, you, you, between the machete in the head and this, uh, you, oh yeah, that just established everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. what the movie has to offer for you. Plus the the gritty feel of like you know it definitely feels like a, a an '80s movie, right? Like a mid to, or early to mid '80s type of grindhouse type of uh, okay, violent I can, movie. I can give you exactly what it felt like to me, and and it has to do with that look of it. it has to do with the synopsis, and it has to do with the soundtrack of. It feels like John Carpenter, somebody took, like, say, Assault from Precinct 13 and uh, Escape from New York and just kind of threw it in a blender. Yeah. <laughs> and a few other elements, whatever, and it kind of came out of this movie. And that's not a bad, you know, that's not a bad thing. No, that's, no, of course that's not. Thing for me. <laughs> I actually saw one uh, when I was looking up random. Soundtrack. When I was looking up random uh-huh. quotes and uh, things about this, one thing I saw, one, one direct comparison, they said it was like Assault on Precinct Precinct 13 meets Cheers is basically what this is. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty apt yeah, description. Yeah, because, I mean, you got Norm from Cheers. Yeah, on exactly. <laughs> you know, you have to be like a bar in Cheers setting, you know, in a way, camaraderie between the veterans and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that, too. So then uh, you see this is where the credits are playing, and you see the title VFW. Um, then at the end or at the bottom of the screen, it says, screen, it says Friday, 3.55 p.m. Uh, and this is where you're introduced to Fred, and he goes, like, picks up Abe at his house. This is Fred Williamson's character. And uh, then they just drive to the VFW. And this whole time, they're kind of setting up the fact that the, 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 the city and the neighborhood or whatever have gone to hell, right? Like, you see junkies on every corner and, like, run-down buildings and shit's on fire and stuff. You know, like, this, I guess just the world has gone to hell is basically what's the, 
you know, what you're setting up here. They get to the VFW, then VFW hall, and then it turns out another one of the guys, Walter, he's like asleep in the truck bed or, <laughs> or like uh, semi passed out from drinking. Like he's in the, he's been in the truck the whole time. Then they go inside the VFW hall and kind of like get the day started. And they put on a videotape of like buns of steel for some reason. <laughs> They're just like a couple of old dudes or three old, old perverts sitting there watching buns of steel on an old v, uh, VCR you know, in the, in the VFW bar. So you, you cut back over to like the, the, the drug layer over there across the street in this old movie theater. And a uh, lizard comes up and finds Lucy dead. And as it turns out, Lucy was lizard's sister. So she's obviously upset by this. Then down at the bottom of the screen, it says VFW post 2494 Friday, 6.30 PM. Now like the, the, the VFW hall is uh, full of, you know, guys in there drinking and stuff. And this is where you're introduced to Lou, Doug and Thomas, you know, uh, the three, which they call Z, that's George Wentz's character, kind of the, uh, you know, uh, the main group of guys. And right after this, like, they're sitting there shooting the shit and joking with each other. The the kind of new soldier, you know, fresh from uh, being overseas, Sean, he shows up. He comes in for a beer, and as it turns out, it's Fred, Stephen Lang, you know, he's like the main guy. Uh, it turns out it's Fred's birthday, so uh, they propose that they're all going to go to the strip club, which it was like a whole backstory to this, like, you know, um, they saw like Miss 1963 when they were, uh, overseas or something. And this, <laughs> this is her daughter and now she's a stripper, uh, and they want to go see her. And they're all kind of joking that they're going to bring the new guy with them and everything. Over in the, uh, theater, the rundown theater across the way, Lizard sneaks in and takes the drugs, like the bag of drugs that Boz has set out. And, uh, she manages to get out of there and run across the street to the VFW. So as soon as she walks in, they're like, what the hell's going on? And uh, Doug, which is the older guy um, that was standing outside that saw her uh, run, run in, he comes in and then turns around. And then this, this huge dude, his name's Tank, one of the you know henchmen, he comes in and just axes Doug right in the shoulder. <laughs> and then they're just like, what the fuck? And then Rhodey runs in and tries to grab a hold of Lizard. And then Fred pulls out a shotgun and blows his fucking head off. Like, his whole head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, I guess the first head explosion that we see, other than, the, you know, the girl going splat on the uh, theater floor earlier. Walter jumps another guy. Like, now a few other dude come, a few other guys come running in. Walter manages to get a, I guess they manage to get a dude down, and then he just stomps the shit out of this dude's head. Like, just like... 18 times just stomps at the, the smithereens, man. Outside, like, so, like, now they're kind of, like, all kind of falling in on the uh, VFW hall. And uh, Gutter comes over, and uh, as, as soon as George Wentz's character, Thomas, he, like, goes out. They're trying to get out the back. Gutter grabs a hold of him, and then, like, uh, I don't think she, like, she just cuts his throat with the machete, right? Like, I don't think she cut his head off. Like, she just, she gets him down and then cuts his throat with the machete. So he's dead. Like so now he's like he's the first major guy to go down. You know of the main guys. Fred gets to his truck and he's trying to get it started. She gutter jumps on the back of the truck, smashes out the back window, and like she's got a hold of Fred. He manages manages to like stab her and then she just disappears. Uh, she runs off and then all of a sudden there, like <laughs> he's standing there. I think he's standing there with Walter right right after that. And then there's five dudes that just suddenly appear. Like ah, there's just five guys standing there staring at him. And then Sean comes out and just pop, 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 like shoots them all in the head. Pops like, the middle, just yeah, in the line, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like they were just standing there just for that reason, right? <laughs> just to get uh, taken down like uh, 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 pins in a bowling alley or something. Like pop, 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 pop. So then, oh, and another thing to like mention here, or the whatever is it, the they're junkies, but yet they're also kind of like zombies. 
Oh yeah, they, yeah. they definitely right. yeah they definitely make a turn from like just being like crazy dr- drug addicts to like just straight up zombies. Like that's that's essentially all they are. Because <laughs> they make some kind of mention about this, whatever this drug is that that they call it. Uh, what is, what's the name for it in the movie? Hype. Hype. Yeah. Basically, it turn makes them brain dead after a while, right? Because they, they mentioned something about an army, you know, as well. Well, you know, it, at least as an army, it might not be much, you know, there's an army of brain dead people, but at least as an army. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's like, yeah, even though it's brain dead, it's still an army. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah basically, so yeah, like, the, the, this is some, like, high-level, like, cocaine, heroin-type stuff that just, like, bakes your brain, I, I guess, you know. Not quite to the level of, uh, what was it in Street Trash, uh, the, <laughs> the, oh, vi- uh, the Viper. Viper. <laughs> <laughs> not quite that bad, but uh, still, nonetheless, <laughs> turns you into a walking zombie, basically. So basically, now that, like, you know, they've been attacked and everything, they kind of regroup, and then Lizard finally tells them what's going on like all right yeah i took the drugs because he killed my sister and now they're kind of duty bound so to speak to take care of her because she ran in there they're not just going to like throw her out to the wolves and say fuck her you know which they very well easily could have and this movie would have been over but no they decided they were going to protect her you know and help her out so then there's this whole like five minute sequence of them like gathering weapons because they don't really have any weapons other than like they have an axe and i think they had the shotgun right but they they only had so much ammo Mm -hmm. So, like, they go around and they're, like, making weapons out of shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like, break a chair and put some nails in it and uh, <laughs> some real, like, uh, gorilla. Then, like, like, take a keg and put some pool sticks in it. Yeah, like, sharpen some uh, yeah. pool sticks. Uh, some real, like, gorilla warfare type shit, you know. So they, they basically set up these traps and these uh, rugged-ass weapons. Like, I think, I think one dude just got, like, uh, I think Abe. It's just got some nails in his hand, right? Like, didn't he make like uh, <laughs> some brass nooks out of nails? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so then uh, they break in of, of, of the 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 zombies or whatever the hypers. They they uh, they break down the door, which I thought this was awesome. Tank comes and breaks down the door by grabbing one of the dudes and like bashing his head into the door until the door breaks. Using his head as a battery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they get in, and then. Uh, once again, it's another one of those, like, they're just mowing down, like, dozens of these motherfuckers, like, as brutal as possible. Just, you know, like, uh, sticking a dude, I think they stick a dude on the, uh, on the, like, the deer antlers that are on the wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> just heads exploding and just, just brutality all around for, like, five straight minutes. Tennis ball grenade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The keg swings down, takes some body parts. I was kind of disappointed by the keg thing, though, like, because they set this whole thing up, like, oh, man, you're going to see this keg swing down and take some dudes out, and it does, but you don't see it, right? Like, yeah, you yeah, see it like kind of sw- camera. Like, you yeah, see yeah. it swing, but that's it. Yeah, and then they just cut. So, like, I was kind of disappointed by that. Like, I'm like fuck, oh, fuck, they're going to, like, take out, like, four dudes at once with this thing. It's going to be messed yeah. up, and then you don't see it. Then, eventually, Tank gets in there again, and he's basically, like, the last dude standing, and uh, he takes a couple of them, like, put, you know, gets a couple of them down, and then, of, of all people, it's Lizard that jumps on his back and just, like, stabs the shit out of him. Like, she's just like, ooh, 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 like, stabbing him in the chest, like, a dozen times. <laughs> and then he, obviously, he goes down on his knees, and then Sean comes up, kills him with knees to the face. And, like, and I mean, not one knee, but, like, 18 knees to the face. Just <laughs> smashes this dude's <laughs> face in with just a, a series of, uh, of uh, V-trigger knees to his face. And, uh... <laughs> So now Tank is is out. This whole time, like, Martin Cove's character, Lou, he's kind of, like, he's kind of half in, half out. He's clearly, like, losing touch, right? Um, he decides to just go out, like, look, he's a, he's a car salesman. I'm going to use my negotiating skills to, like, talk to Boz. So um, he takes off and goes over to negotiate with Boz. That instantly fails. There's a little bit of a fight, and then Boz pulls out a pistol and, and shoots Lou, kills him. 
and then he shoots across, back across the street at Fred, like Fred and hits Fred in the leg. So they take Fred and go back which, in. Which looked like it was a really long shot, too. That, that was pretty impressive for a pistol. Oh, yeah. It's like in the in the top of a, a huge parking lot across the street, across another parking lot. <laughs> he still <laughs> manages. Yeah. <laughs> still manages to clip him in the leg. Also, and also, he did he had he had all the time to take cover because I think he was doing a, a full reload of the revolver before he started shooting at him across the street. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he, he shot all six or eight, I forget whichever shot the revolver was he had. He shot all of them out, and then he was like in the process of reloading while uh, was it Fred? His name? Yeah, yeah. Across the yeah was a uh, was yelling out at him or whatever, and then yeah, uh, seeing him fully pointing the gun at him and still taking aim, and then he got shot in the ankle. So they didn't take cover. So, so now, so now Lou is dead. Fred has been shot in the leg, and then they take Fred back in, and they're looking at it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, Doug is dead. Remember, he's the guy, he's the guy that's been laying on the bar, you know, like for the last forty five minutes, bleeding out. Um, he just silently dies over there. So now, like, this is like the worst part, you know, because now like they just lost two guys, and uh, Fred's hurt. So they're all kind of down in the dumps about it. But eventually they regroup and they start getting their shit back together. Abe, he grabs this blade. It's like this, I don't even know what the hell you'd call that thing. It's just a, a, a blade that's got like a, almost like an L shape on the end of it. I'm sure people that know blades more would be like, oh yeah, that's a flim flam. You know, I don't know what exactly that's called, but it's a fucked up blade is what it is. He grabbed it. I just got, looked it up. It's actually called a flim flam. Yeah, really? A flim uh, flam blade. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, what are the odds? Yeah, that was a blind shot in the dark. I got to tell you. <laughs> but it's hanging on the wall. Abe grabs it and then grabs like a handful of the hype and snorts it. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going out swinging motherfuckers. <laughs> Which I don't know if it really helped him or not, but uh, if anything, it might have uh, ended up uh, uh, killing him. But, uh, you know, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> so then, of course, like more dudes come piling in and they just start brutally taking them out one by one again. Some point in here, like a guy comes in with like, is that what kind of chainsaw is that? Is that like a damn Jaws of Life type deal? What is that? Like, is that like one of those metal chainsaws? What was what kind yeah, is I that? Yeah, I, I guess it is what it was for like cutting. Yeah, for like cutting See, metal. I thought it was. I thought it was one of those that uh, they used to cut the road, like the asphalt. Yeah, maybe or like a bridge or something. Yeah, it's it, definitely it's, a construction. Construction yeah, this grade is like, blade. Yeah, this is serious <laughs> chainsaw. Some dude comes in with it, goes down, and Walter picks his, picks this thing up and just starts going to town on him. Like, just runs toward him and like takes out like ten guys with this fucking chainsaw. Um, that was the part that reminded me of most of like just them just being like zombies because like they were being held back or something and he's kind of hitting them with the chainsaw and like they're all grasping and kind of moaning and shit like zombies, you know, like they're just straight up like, you know, like coming at them like that. Then, uh, during this, during all this, Boz manages to come in and he grabs Lizard and takes off. Abe has like a fight with Gutter. Like this is like the last stand, right? You know, where he's fighting Gutter. She takes him down. And then, like, she's about to kill him. She's like, old man! You know, and then Fred comes up from behind her and, pe- and, and like, runs her through with a flagpole. And then she goes down on her knees. And then he sticks the flag, like, through her, down her throat, like, and, and takes her out. Like, she's just standing there, or, you know, <laughs> on her knees with the flagpole and the whole flag, like, shoved down her throat. So now Gutter's gone. Meanwhile, Walter and Sean, they're outside. Like, what what kind of truck is that? Is there a name for that type of thing? Or... It's got like a 50 cal gun on it, which they said like they didn't have any ammo for, so it was fucking useless to bring it up. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of like some kind of utility, like military utility truck, like Tra- whatever you call transport. It. Type yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, they're out there trying to get the truck like to rev up basically so they can get out of there. Then a dude comes up from the side and like puts a chain around Walter's throat. And then another guy <laughs> sticks a chainsaw, like a, like not that crazy ass chainsaw, but like a normal chainsaw through the windshield and starts like sawing on uh Walter's like, I guess it's kind of like his shoulder, but his chest like near his heart, you know? So clearly like uh, he, he's in bad shape. Meanwhile, Fred has chased Boz across back across the street to like the, the, parking lot of the movie theater where he's got lizard hostage and uh he shoots boz like in the back with a shotgun but it didn't take him down he's just basically kind of like leaning up against the truck and then lizard takes a which is amazing considering everything that the shotgun has done up to this oh yeah it blew roadie's head completely off his body but (laughs) but barely scratches uh, boz from the back like like t2 style yeah But as Boz is holding Lizard, she manages to drop like a a Zippo lighter like down into the bag of drugs and it catches on fire. And so she manages to get away from uh, Boz at that moment, like as he's like struggling with the the bag that's on fire. And then Walter uh, comes across the parking lot with that that big ass truck and then just nails him with it and then it blows up. Um, So that takes out Boz and Walter. So now Fred, Sean and Lizard are the only ones left and they go back across the street to the VFW and Abe's sitting there, and they're like, uh, well, I guess we're going to have a drink for everybody, and then, uh, including Abe. He's like, and, and then they say something like, uh, who the fuck said I'm dead? <laughs> so he's, he's actually <laughs> still alive for a second there, and then, like, eventually he just kind of just slumps over and actually dies, like, right after they take the shot or whatever. But uh, they manage that they look, and then they still have a brick of this uh, uh, the drug, the hype. Uh, and they basically, I guess you kind of, the, the, the happy ending is like, all right, well, we're going to take this uh, thing and sell it. And uh, get enough money to uh, rebuild the VFW. Then the credits start. But the, the the cool thing was like it's like the old school like roll call credits where you know like Martin Cove is Lou, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, and so on. Like and you see him standing there. It's, it's definitely a, a throwback to like the 70s or 80s, right? Like the little roll call type credits. And then the regular credits roll. So so there you go. That's VFW from uh, 2019, but we'll just say 2020 since that's when it came out. So I think I think the uh, type of uh, knife that that guy had was called a gut hook knife well i could believe it because you could do some fucking damage with that <laughs> thing so uh <laughs> because the uh the little l shape is where you cut it in the abdomen and guess what comes out yeah them guts <laughs> well what'd you think what's your star rating on this one i think i'm gonna give this one three and a quarter uh definitely uh a, a fun movie uh a lot of lot of splatter a lot of death. It's it's a good fun fun flick. Smoke, what'd you think? Yeah, I really enjoy this one. I give it three and three quarters. It's a fun popcorn movie. It's good splatter. It like I said, like I mentioned before, it reminded me of John Carpenter, and that's always good in a good you know in a good way. Not in the, I mean, not in the total ripoff way, but it gives you that sort of vibe that uh like those two two movies we've already talked about. I mentioned Assault on Precinct Thirteen and Escape from New York, and uh this soundtrack by Steve Moore, which uh, I don't think we mentioned him yet, but he's uh. He's got a band called Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I, which is basically a prog, progressive rock synthesizer band, which is very much inspired by John Carpenter's soundtracks, Goblin, Fabio Fritzi, who did the soundtracks for Lucio Fulci movies, that type of synthesizer, sort of low-key synthesizer soundtrack stuff. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed the, that soundtrack, too, from him. Again, very very evocative of of a John of Carpenter soundtrack. So yeah, highly enjoyable. I'm going to go with three and a half. So I'm kind of basically right in between you guys. Uh, I think we're all in agreement here. This was very, very enjoyable movie for what it was. And I I think they, they nailed 
the feel of everything they were trying to go for. You know, all, all the homages to, the, to these type of movies, like we said, the soundtrack, just the feel of it, uh, everything. I, he, uh, Joe Bigos nailed, nailed this movie uh, as far as like, you know, that, just trying to be like that. You don't see very many movies like this anymore. You know, like this seemed like a, the kind of movie that you saw quite a bit of in the 70s and 80s, you know, in, in one form or another, right? You, oh, yeah. you saw movies like this, but you don't see them very often anymore. So in that regard, it was kind of cool, you know, just uh, throwback-wise. So there you have it. We all recommend VFW. So for the next episode, we haven't done any Italian giallo horror movies since all the way back to, what was it, episode two or three when we did Suspiria? Yeah, uh, yeah I, think that, I think that's the only one we've ever done. So... We're going to be dipping That was our... Willie's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, and I got something to do next episode. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, uh... <laughs> so, so in homage. Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this one. I know you're going to enjoy this one more than you enjoyed Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one, I, I've seen this one. This one's weird, but not quite. Definitely in the same vein as Suspiria. This one, I think you'll like this one more. You yeah, know, this one, we'll find out. But it's got a plot. I mean, I you know I love I love Italian horror <laughs> movies, but I'll be the first to admit that they you know the plot plot wise they can go off the rails sometimes. They're more visual medium and stuff. Uh, but this one definitely has that popcorn horror vibe. So I, I, I love I it. love that one of your selling points is this one's got a plot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways yeah so we're going to be watching demons from 1985 i'll give you the imdb synopsis it's a group of random people are invited to a screening of a mysterious movie only to find themselves trapped in the theater with ravenous demons so uh that's really all you need to know for the setup so just get ready for that <laughs> in the next episode so did you guys have anything to add uh, about vfw or anything else before we uh before we sign off tonight i'd say uh Check out Bliss by the same director that we had mentioned earlier and also Almost Human. I would say that there were 71 kills. Holy shit. There you go. Oh, yeah. Son of a bitch. Uh, that's, a good thing. that's a good thing to add considering that's something we normally do. Uh, <laughs> so you got the kill count of 71. <laughs> now, how did you come to this conclusion of 71 deaths considering that most of it is just... Uh, uh, fucking blind rage, uh, killing people left and right. <laughs> uh, blind luck, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, 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 this was a hard one to keep up with the numbers. So 71 sounds like a good solid, uh, number. We'll go with that. Um, that in YouTube. And, and before one more thing before we go out, uh, smoke, what's your, uh, gore score for this one? Oh, uh, well, you'd already talked about it. It's pretty splatter filled. I'd, uh, I'd give it a, Solid eight, I think, on the, the gore score there. We've discussed this before. We've we haven't done a lot of like really gory movies, but mm -hmm. like the the the, the bar was kind of set back in October when we did uh, Terrifier. This one isn't. Yeah. I, I would say I would argue this one isn't too far off from that. You know, and not maybe not quite as yeah. bad, but as far as gore, I mean, is concerned, yeah, you, you, Terrifier, you got that one, <laughs> yeah, one well, really like yeah. fucked up one, yeah, that really takes the cake for you know. Because sometimes the level, the amount might be more for a certain movie. It might be more splatter in this movie, but this other movie might have more visceral gut punch type stuff to some of the kills or whatever. And uh, so yeah, I think if if anything, I mean, if VFW might have had more quantity of blood splattered, but Terrifier might probably take it in the brutality department. Oh yeah, yeah. you get no but argument here. Much, like uh, I, I totally agree yeah. there, but. Uh... <laughs> This one's probably right there as far as like on, on the ones oh, yeah. that we've watched, yeah, right? Yeah. This one's pretty yeah. close. Like we haven't seen many, Cert 
quite as bad as this. Certainly since we started doing the gore score stuff, because I mean, there's some that we, we haven't gone back and retroactively put a gore score on, but like True. street trash is pretty good up there and reanimator. But yeah. uh, since we yeah, since we've been doing the gore score, Terrifier was probably the top. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it is the top, right? I forget no, what. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the top. I think one. it's ten plus. You know, like <laughs> the score. <laughs> yeah. The score is basically zero to ten. That one's ten, and and you you could argue higher. Yeah. That one's pretty rough. And like you said, in a couple of those scene, uh, scenes in that movie, but I, yeah, I think eight eight or nine is pretty solid for this one, in my opinion. But yeah, we'll go with that. All right. So the, anyways, I, I forgot to do all that. My bad. Um, anything else you guys wanted to add before we? Before we shut it down that's it yep all right so uh be sure to join us next time for demons we're going to be uh dipping back into the uh, italian horror movies so that that should be interesting to see how that goes so uh, for will and the professor smoke i'm josh we are the all-american spook show podcast and we will see you next time